Action. Why don't people say action for podcasts? I don't know. I mean, the reality is you and I are both sitting here like sedentary fucking bumps on logs. And we're about to critique the greatest athletes in the world. (laughs) Well, you're about to critique. Well, I guess we are both going to critique them. I mean, I don't think that... uh, So, before we even get into it, for the listeners, um, this is... The day after the finals of the women's gymnastics uh, at the Tokyo Olympics 2021. And um, I'm not going to lie, since I was in high school, I've always had a, a great respect for female gymnasts. I went to a high school where all of Bella Caroli's girls went because our school basically let them skip as many days as they wanted. <laughs> so was like, your school like one of those high profile athletic i don't know what you would call them okay. no it was a christian you know what I'm school talking about some of those yeah schools, but i mean yeah no but we had dominique mociano carrie strug a bunch of like really famous female gymnasts that came to our high school and i'm not gonna lie like they were absolutely abused <laughs> by like psychologically and physically by their coaches and parents but it was very interesting to see them like thrive and just destroy i mean they kill it right like it's pretty impressive honestly um so like none of what i'm about to say is me bagging on female athletes or female gymnasts in particular but yesterday uh simone biles like the superhuman loudly touted as the greatest gymnast of all time which yeah i mean honestly watching her perform is she's a machine she's not a not a human, right? <laughs> well, it's all of the that's it's interesting because the at that level, I mean, if you show me ten the top ten, one of the, one of their uh whatever you would want to call it, or is it called a run? Uh, sure I mean, I guess it depends I am to Olympics. This is a group competition, it wasn't individual events, so they're doing everything like floor, vault, um right. uneven bars. I just mean what separates the top ones. Like if you showed me a clip and I didn't know who was who, I'd be like, those all look pretty perfect to me. So it's actually interesting. If you haven't watched this year, I usually you're right. Usually there's very little separation between the Olympic athletes. Um, The judges were generally underwhelmed with Simone's performance while I was watching. Uh, But she's still like head and shoulders above every other person competing. Like, I don't know who the female gymnast was who was announcing because they didn't show her because it was like real time. I was watching it on like uh, Peacock, the NBC streaming channel. And she was talking about how she could vault underneath Simone Biles and they would both be okay. Like she could hit the vault at the same time. They could both vault and she would be underneath her. They'd both land and neither one would hit each other because Simone Biles is literally like four feet above any other person coming off the vault. And now Yeah, once she said that and you watched it, you're like, holy shit, she's not exaggerating, really. Especially when you think about four feet is like twice her height. (laughs) But I mean, like the big thing is to start this off, this is genuinely the best in the world. Like, I mean, she was doing better than anyone else. I mean, the Russians were biting at their heels pretty hard, but like she was crushing it and the only her, her only real competition were other members of the U.S. gymnastic team. Yeah. And in the third round, I believe, uh, right before the finals, she had a really catastrophically bad vault. And did, I mean, it, it was weird because if you watch it, 
I mean, you kind of almost believe that there was an injury. It's like, okay, I could see how there would be an injury here because she did like a, she over, I don't know if she over rotated or whatever, but she ended up with like a really big step. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, maybe she pulled something because like she got real exasperated, kind of like stepped off. Um, and then out of nowhere, she quits. Like she quits the Olympics. Um, and she says it's for mental health reasons. And well, it was for mental. I I mean, it depends where you read it. I heard mental and physical health reasons. Uh, I mean, I read I read her interview and uh, she said she freaked out in a high stress situation. That's a quote. Um, so and yeah, I, she said, I don't want to do it. I'm done. That's what she told her trainer. Direct quote. Um, and that's after just one vault before, you know, like that's that's just, just one vault. And she's like, I don't want to do it. And like, you know, the day before she had looked kind of like she was seemingly in good spirits about uh, what was not up to her par performance, um, like at least watching her shake off uh, at adversity. But I mean, it's also worth noting, this is a 24 year old athlete. She has been competing in a very competitive international arena for what, 10 years or longer? Yeah, this well, is and groomed for it for probably 20 years, which is the crazy thing to me. Yeah, I mean, it, so here's my thing. First and foremost, coming from a soft background, the idea of quitting is like, I mean, we should be, we should learn to quit better, right? <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that I refuse to quit. Uh, there's a time and place, right? Yep. So I agree. You know, it, when you're on, uh, Workouts are my favorite one to poke fun at. People are like, I'm never going to quit in the gym. I'm like, fuck that, dude. Like, if you're injured, quit that work. Like, if you just pulled some shit, walk the fuck out of the gym, right? But I agree. Being in the Olympics is slightly different than a Tuesday afternoon at my lifetime fitness, right? Well, you so, just spent years prepping for this thing, right? It's not like a surgeon can't quit mid-surgery. We can't quit mid-objective. And an Olympic, an, well, I mean, you can't. I've watched guys do it. Fair enough. <laughs> you can. Fair enough. Um, I've seen guys do it. But what's no, crazy the, but is the point if we is quit, there, right? This is mid-objective yeah. for her. Yeah. But so, and really and truthfully, I didn't want to talk about this to shit on her because, like, it's her personal demon. She gets to work through it. What's really distasteful to me in this whole thing is that there is a chorus, a seemingly overwhelming chorus of people thanking her for talking about mental health and quitting so that other people can also understand that it's okay to quit something. And I'm like, no, fuck that. You do not. This is the wrong message. Like all of these people who are crying and whining about like, you know, oh, well, her mental health, like her quitting for her mental health justifies me quitting on everything I've ever done because I don't know. I didn't like it. Yeah. And you're like, no way, fam. Fuck that. No, I hate it, man. It's uh, goes along with the like, s s what do they call it? The self care movement or self? What am I getting at here? The uh, I'm gonna be a lazy fuck for an extended <laughs> period of time and say that uh, it's for my mental health. I don't like. I don't dig it, man. Um, it almost comes to the point where you can't criticize or yeah, criticize other people's actions and. I, I hate it, man. I don't want to be a hate her. I'm not hating on her, but I don't like the idea that we're normalizing quitting on this level, right? Um, 
And I don't know what she's going through. Like, if she was going to get off the stage and and kill herself, then yeah, for sure, quit. Right? Like, no way. The world, you get she's off the, the world Olympics. stage and kill yourself, and eh, maybe it's worth quitting. But if you if you lose, if if she cost us gold, then I think that she owes us her life. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's Asian culture, man. Like, I, you, I guess the point she's... being is: Are you going to do irreparable <laughs> permanent damage by continuing? Uh, your performance or my guess and this is totally a guess here she wasn't feeling great didn't think she was going to give her best performance didn't want to give a half-ass performance and instead of showing up and doing the damn thing as best as she could even if it's not her best she's like fuck that i'm out that's my guess (laughs) here's the other catch man let's like fast forward i love that all of these people who are like hey man like you know, thanks for bringing this mental health conversation to the forefront. Like, you're so brave. And I'm like, hey, man, guess what? 20 years from now, she's not going to remember that she was a superhuman gymnast who crushed a ton of records and was widely viewed as like an inhuman participant. She's going to remember July 20, July 27th, 2021, when she walked off stage and I mean, she'll never be the same again. This is basically no. like Chuck Liddell getting punched out, or I mean, Connor McGregor it's worse being than KO'd. That, man. It's worse. Like, so I, and I don't mean it's worse for us. Fuck her. What I mean yeah. is, it's going to be worse for her psychologically because even when Chuck Liddell got knocked the fuck out, like, dude stepped in the ring, up. right? He, yeah, showed he showed up. up. You know, if she broke an ankle and it was a fucking career ender for her, she showed up that day, man. Yep. Um, I think the hard part, I've seen it, and I wish I would have harped on this earlier in life, but like quitters never quit quitting. You know what I mean? Like once you're a quitter, you're fucking always a quitter. And you're always going to look back and think about that. And I think that is going to fuck with her more than she probably realizes right now. But I hope for the, I hope she doesn't. I hope she's just like, man, fuck that. I was done and I am done. And you know what? I mean, good for her. Honestly, like I would applaud that. I My problem is that the conversation that's surrounding her quitting isn't promoting anything healthy for anybody else either, because it's no. saying like, it's okay to quit midstream. It's okay. Like, why are we not asking how it is that this chick who clearly spent the last two years getting groomed for this in the middle of a pandemic? Because they were talking about, oh, well, the isolation is what made her feel this way. And I'm like, no, man. She's been dealing with isolation and training for two years. And people are like, well, yeah, her whole life, man. Yeah. I had a friend that uh, she was a collegiate gymnast, never went to the Olympics, but collegiate gymnast. She was very talented. And listening to her describe the way that she was brought up in training to be a gymnast was fucking unreal. And that was before all these documentaries started to come out about how fucked up it is. Dude, they so she's been shit. going through that bullshit her whole life. Um, and that's not to say I don't get her wanting to be done. It's like, dude, finish. Either quit six months ago or quit after they're done. I mean, there were plenty of people who are willing to jump in. I mean, it's a very hotly contested thing. The problem, too, is like, what role do the coaches play in this? The coaches are saying, oh, good on her for quitting. And I'm like, it's your fucking fault. You're the ones that groomed her. You're the ones that were responsible for fielding the team. How did you let someone who's this much better 
physiologically than her peers or competitors. How did you let that person go to the world stage, put her in front of everybody to the point where she's like, I'm done. Like, did they think that if she just showed up and killed it, that her mental state would get better? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, it's really what, isn't I, about her. This is a lot more to me about what it says well, in general. The quit about culture, our, the culture yeah, of quitting, culture. right? And the quitting thing is becoming way more uh, acceptable um, across the board, right? Whether it's I mean, your job, sports, <laughs> whatever it is. I also think it's funny because it's this is a Trojan horse. The idea that it's okay to quit is really like you said it's a self-care movement it is but the but the self-care movement is quitting it's it's basically it's an externalized locus of control you are saying that you're making choices that are what's best for you but what you're really doing is blaming all of your failures on outside influences like yeah, 100%. i didn't i didn't finish or you're i didn't try the yeah, is thing. self-care <laughs> hey i mean Shut the fuck up, Brent. <laughs> There's I nothing wrong. a glass of wine on your desk. It's Red Bull. It's a little early for a glass of wine. But, I mean, the, the thing is, right, to say this is, again, we're abdicating personal responsibility and we're saying, oh, it was the quarantine. Oh, it was the pressure. Um, I mean, Michael Phelps came out defending, um, defending her, saying that her choice, like, I don't know if he was actually defending her. Basically, he was commiserating and saying, yes, I understand how high pressure it is when I was winning all those gold medals. Um, and you're also like, yeah, but Michael Phelps didn't like quit. He didn't quit. Medley. Yeah, he right. finished. And I get it. Neither of us have ever been on a world stage, period, let alone multiple times winning anything in the Olympics. I've never been to an Olympics, right? As a spectator. So, But I have, I have lost a lot of shooting matches. And I'll tell you yeah. what, you know what I've never thought of? Like, I mean, it's a Quitting seven or eight. Match. Yeah, it's a seven or eight stage day. I'm tired. I've done six stages. You know what I'm not going to do? Quit because it fucks my scores even worse. And I know that everyone I'm shooting with will make fun of me <laughs> for quitting. Like, I can't well, even also, justify it by being not, like, it's too hot. But here's the thing is it, it doesn't even. The weight of you quitting that is so much less than the weight of like. If you quit mid-match because you were shooting poorly, you'd be like, man, I was a fucking piece of shit that day. But it's still in the Olympics, dude. Like, if you went to the Olympics, I'll put it to you this way. If you went to the Olympics and you quit, I would be telling you you're a piece of shit. Like, if you – one of my good friends went and did that. It's like, man – so I have – I'll bring this uh, to something way less menial – but I've been racing dirt bikes for a few years now. It was a lifelong goal of mine to race. And I always had this typical like cycle where I would be like, I'm going to race. I'd start getting ready and I would get injured and I'd be off the bike for a prolonged period of time. My first race uh, out here in Arizona, it rained its ass off. And I had just moved here from North Carolina. So for me, it was like, this is what you ride in. For almost everybody else in Arizona, they're like, what the fuck is this bullshit, right? So one of my buddies slippery, right? Yeah, dude. One of my buddies uh, goes down the day before the race, camps out, gets up, gets going. The first 600 meters of this race is just like a straight mud bog. Gets his bike stuck, drags his bike out, which takes an hour to get out of this little mud bog and 
drags it off to the side of the trail and he's like, dude, fuck this. And he, he rides his bike back to his truck and he's like, fuck this, man, I'm done. And there was no yeah. risk, right? If he, yeah. if he broke a wrist falling in the mud bog and drug his bike out and was like, I'm done, I broke my fucking wrist, I'd be like, yeah, you're done. I, that makes sense to me. But he just quit because psychologically he was like, man, I'm, this is more than I bargained for. Right. I still judge that dude. Like if I, well, I, it's it, funny. Cause I, I still judge, judge him less. I, I think that it's funny. Like when it's a recreational thing and you're just like, man, I didn't sign up for this discomfort. Like maybe I signed up for a kind of discomfort, but it wasn't this. And you're like, fuck it. I don't want to do this. Like I get that. No. I'm so not if mad he, about that. If he showed up, so here's my argument against that. If he showed up and it's piss and rain, and he's like, man, I live in Arizona for a fucking reason. I ain't racing in this bullshit. And he just packed his shit up and went home. I would respect that more. Like, all the time, there's a big group of us out here that ride and race together. And it'll be pissing rain. And all the time, guys are like, man, I ain't riding in this fucking rain. Like, I'll ride once it's dry, right? Yeah. I've got no issues with that. It's a recreational sport, whatever. But when you show up and your race is like game day. And you're like, yep, raining, don't give a shit, I'm in it. Like, you better be fucking in it at that point, right? It's- and to be fair, everybody's going to – I mean, a, an actual competitor recognizes that rain is probably an equalizer for mid-level rider because everybody's going to suck. Well, it cha- it just changes the game, right? Um, but point being, it is a – that is a cultural difference, if you will, between – his culture, and he's a good friend of mine. I still ride with him. I'll still go to races with him. Name him. Name him. His culture. <laughs> he probably won't. He may listen to this. But his culture and the culture we're talking about where it's like, no, man, you fucking set out to do it. You do it. Um, and that can for sure be detrimental at times, right? If if I signed up for a race and then I had a really bad hamstring pull and I'm an amateur dirt bike racer and I still show up and race and I fucking tear a hamstring and now i can't walk correctly for months on end that's stupid but again when you're in it there's no uh risk to injury there's not going to be this lifelong damage that could take place you got to finish it out man and i, I know like we're talking po- about world stage versus i would like to point out though, on the weekends i feel that at the level of competition that these people are competing in even though they're ostensibly amateurs welcome to the olympics um Life in life changing injury is literally an understood cost of competition. So like that, like saying that, hey, hey, man, you showed up on the world stage. Injury is absolutely in the cards every time you do anything. For sure. So, but I do think what's her name? Carrie. St- I'm going to mess up her last name. It was Carrie Strug. Strug. Yeah. Uh, she crushed it, man. She like broke her ankle or whatever. And she still fucking finished. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. But what I'm saying is, had she broken her ankle and was like, dude, I got a broken ankle. I'm done. She, Everybody I, would have, I would have had no judgment. I think it's fucking badass that she was like, nope, I'm going to do it. Now, there's some other factors at play there, like allegedly being forced into doing it. But I've also read that she's just a badass and did it. So I don't. Those, but, that the the mindset of those girls, those are probably the t- the hardest girls I've ever met. Like hands down, they're crazy. 
they're from the crazy. time they were eight, they're on like a weird starvation diet. They're training there's, dude, more than anybody I know. There's a whole host of psychological issues that I think come with putting putting in real want, work in that sport. I would right? never want my kids to be gymnasts. Like Fuck just no. the just I mean like the, it's a really cool sport, but to get good at it, the level of commitment and the sacrifices are insane. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like some, you know, Russian ballet type shit that you see in the movies where it's like, oh, yeah, I can't see your ribs. You're too fat. You're not eating. <laughs> oh, this week. The, bo- the body shaming. Yeah, dude. I dude, mean, I, get it. I don't I don't. Um, I, but again, you know what, like with some time and miles, place, man, like sh- she's been in that shit for years. And to well, say dude, yesterday, it really fuck interesting. it. No, it was really to, looking at the average age of females. I mean, like at this Olympics, They're, they've gotten no. older though, right, bro? Old. So like the, the the Netherlands team in the semifinals that they were competing on the same floor with, the average age on the team was twenty seven, and there were girls on or women on that team that were in their like early thirties competing in the Olympics as amateur gymnasts. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know this. I'm gonna actually Google it right now since I got it in front of me. But like, I am pretty sure that the the dream team that we that we know of so like the gymnasts the the magnificent seven <laughs> yeah so i have yeah, right up right now yeah the well, 96 what, summer what Olympics. we're really talking about we're not talking about shitting on simone what we're really no. talking about is the quit culture and that normalizing it is not a good thing so carrie strug was 19 uh it looks like when she was in the like in the 96 Olympics because she was born in 77, right? So that's that's like 19 or 20. Yeah. But I think that the majority of the girls who were on that team were um were oh, there we go. Let's see. Uh yeah, I mean Dominique Machana was 15. Yeah, uh, I remember reading recently the ages have gone up. But I wonder yep. if part of that is just recruitment has slacked or all the bad press isn't getting new blood into the pro- – I wonder what's at play there. I would also like to – so this rabbit hole led me to a different story, which – so like – I so I went to high school with Nami Mochano. We were friends. Um, I think very highly of her journey to independence as an adult with her parents mismanaging the money that she made while she was a gymnast – um, and her divorcing her parents before her 18th birthday to try to get some control over her money back and like figuring oh, out she, uh, what's that called? Uh, emancipation. Emancipation. Yeah. She, yeah. she emancipated herself, but it's funny because somebody thought to interview her, um, and she is praising Simone Biles and saying that her ability to quit demonstrates an agency that was denied to her at 14 when she had a tibial stress fracture with uh, and they left it alone no cervical spine exam after their Jesus. fall yeah she competed in the olympic floor event minutes later at 14 and uh so i mean she says she never felt she had a say in it i mean i kind of get that i guess I that's just... the difference right and so the question is for me it's relatively cut and dry was simone biles in a position that potentially was going to cause lifelong damage if she went forward yeah in the olympics if the answer to that is yes gets no judgment from me however yeah, if the answer is no then i don't think it's the right move 
And again, what we're really talking about is the idea that we're making quitting okay or celebrated. And I still should be like, man. Other other things worth considering in this conversation, just because I think it's important to be fair. <laughs> the other things leading in this the dialogue in this article, um, Michelle Lee points out that this is the same girl who was molested by her team doctor through her entire childhood and team years. This is that the Olympic gymnast doctor that was, right. you know, outed yeah, as yeah. a crazy no, cataracts. Nasser, Nasser. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, so, and they're talking about how like she, so she won the world all around championship title while passing a kidney stone. <laughs> um, she's added so much difficulty routines that the judges literally do not know how to properly rate her skills because they're so ahead of her time, which they were talking about it during the event. Um, she, she runs differently than any of the other girls. Like if you watch her perform and then you see the next people, it's like watching a Lambo versus a Daihatsu. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't understand it. Like, okay, we're all competing on the world well, stage, but she's different. And they, they basically are saying that the mistakes that she made, right? So like, I mean, basically the mistakes that she made would have potentially ended like in paralysis or massive injury with another athlete who pulled the same mistakes. So it's hard to say what her body was doing in response to making those mistakes, but being basically such a monster that she could recover from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's what you get on that level at that level though, right? You get these people who have the genetics with the hard work, with the talent, you know, like it all comes together. Cause I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, with, with the proper genetics, I would have been a gymnast. Like, no, dude, I haven't worked that hard at shit ever. Yeah. Um, no doubt. But it, the reality is you don't know, like maybe her cup, there's, there's multiple scenarios here. Her cup may have filled up so much over the years that her this was the breaking load. point. And she was like, dude, I'm like, I literally can't fucking go out there. I can't. Yeah, if yeah. I walk out there, I'm going to sit down and cry and have a mental breakdown. That's plausible. It's also plausible that going to the Olympics is to her what an amateur dirt bike race is to me, right? It, it <laughs> like in that she's done it so many times. She's this been old on hat. that world stage that it's like, man, fuck it. I've already done this four times. Yep. It's not worth it. What's another couple gold medals, right? Yeah. It could, and it, I get it. she's just like, dude, you know what? Fuck this. I'm done. In which case, again, I will feel free to judge. If it's the former, then no, right? Glass is full. I'm going to walk out there, have a mental breakdown, and I'm going to be in a white padded room for the next 20 years. Yeah, cool. Walk away. No judgment. I, but again, I, I don't want to fucking normalize that, man. Yeah. So, and again, this whole conversation isn't really about Simone Biles. No, like it's, it's a it's a talking point about a broader issue that we see, like within our community, we see a lot of people who are worshipped as like icons, like people who are of merit, who a haven't done anything, and b who quit during their training pipeline or during their job, and then they segued into good marketing and right. putting forward a message, and they're literally saying to you like. Oh yeah, I quit, but admitting it makes it okay. And you're like, man, it's cool well, to talk about that, it. Dude. 
it, it is cool to talk about it, but it doesn't mean that you have are a subject matter expert. Like you might as well be like, hey, I think it's cool that you mix skateboarding and operating. Also, if you didn't actually operate, you should just start a skateboarding company because like just because you were in the military doesn't mean that you can make skateboarding cooler by wearing multi-cam pants while you do it. Oh, I don't know. I'm not speaking about anybody indirect. I'm not speaking directly. I feel like there is a broad spectrum of people who are trying to make skateboarding culture part of operating, which I'm like, yeah, man, I wore Chuck T's on target like year over year over year. Okay. But I can't skateboard with shit. <laughs> like, yeah, you look, I, you look unhappy. <laughs> we added fucking well, counterculture so to that. Softly yeah. was about counterculture. Like we've stayed about it's, it. It still is, but there's a difference. Counterculture has become a scene, uh, for lack of a better term. Fair and enough. I, I fucking hate that man. There's a rapper recently. I'm trying to remember his name. Who's like, dude, I love the music, fuck the scene. And that's basically what's happened with Softly, where the whole idea previously was like, man, I don't give a fuck what you show up in as long as you're hitting the gym, hitting the range, whatever the fuck. It doesn't matter. Like, I went to a range day in flip-flops with the company, not Mel. Um, but it was like, <laughs> dude, I showed up. We did. I didn't plan on going to a range day. I thought we were going to be sitting around bullshit, and I had flip-flops on. It was like, fuck it. I'll go shooting flip-flops. And that was the point. The point wasn't that you're not cool unless you're wearing multicam tropic and vans. That's fucking dumb. But to our actual conversation about this, uh, it frustrates me that this is normalized because I've literally, and I know you have too, I've literally sat there watching grown men cry that were like, I'm never going to quit. And we're like, that's cool, bro. But you're getting dropped from this pipeline. Like yep. You're, you fucked up or you don't, have, you're not cutting it. You're going to get dropped. And dudes had all the heart in the world, physically capable. They were not gifted with the same uh, computer that the rest of us were. And I like to say a lot of it's. It. I like to say a lot of it's luck too, right? And I think it's funny because when luck lines up with or, or unlucky occurrences line up with a bad day um, and a guy is like just bereft and he's like like losing it. I mean, let's be real. I got kicked out of the Q course. It was the it was literally one of the most jarring experiences of my life. But I didn't kicked out because I sucked at my job. I got kicked out because my mouth was about as big as the fucking Grand Canyon. Still. <laughs> and is. yeah, but I can, I found enough money in my bank account, like my hypothetical bank account to back up the checks that my mouth wrote, right? Like my ass bank account backs it up now. And I do, one of my instructors told me when I first got in the Q course, he was like, Hey, you got a big mouth, man. He's like, if you make it through this, eventually your experiences will grow <laughs> to make it, to make you fit in but it's going to be a rough road for you getting there. And I look at this whole, you know, thing and I'm like, man, guys that cry, like when I got kicked out of the Q course, I didn't cry. Dude, it sucked. I was trying to figure out what the next step was. How, do how I long until here? you went back? Cause you went back. Eight, eight, 18 months. And, um, I did eight months of language school in Morocco and I went and did a master's program in construction management in the meantime, because all I cared about was making myself a value add as a special forces engineer when Ooh. I tried to get back into the Q course. I like yeah. that. 
So like, I mean, for me, the focus was there, right? It's like, Hey, there's setbacks. And, but like, I didn't quit. Like I literally got dragged out of the Q course through like almost getting into fist fights with the E8 that kicked me out the whole way. It was like, there, sure. there were, there were fingernail scratches on the doors of the commander's office as they dragged my ass away. And but again, that's I, a difference in mentality of like, I'm not quitting. You can't even let me, you can't even fire me. I'm not quitting. Yeah. Right? You're the you can't tell me to leave. It's like, we're not breaking up. <laughs> Fuck you. You're still my yeah. boyfriend. Um, Pull that thing out. <laughs> right. Vice. Oh, it's okay to quit. No, fuck that. It's not okay to quit, man. You got to fucking... But, I mean... You literally refused to quit to the point that when you were fired and they were like, you're fucked up, we don't want you. You're like, bitch, I'll be back. Oh, yeah. I'll see you guys in a year. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. And it was funny. When I came back, all the guys, the same instructors, especially the G- the civilians were there, and they were like, yeah, we knew you were coming back. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, there I am. And then, hilariously, three years later... Four years later, I guess, when I was an instructor at the same committee where I had been kicked out and the committee chief who was in charge, who was over the committee when I got kicked out was our GS civilian. He always just laugh about it. He'd like, he's like, man, who saw this coming? I was like, I did. <laughs> and he's like, right. Yeah, I guess I did too, man. <laughs> right. I, well, and it's weird because it, at certain points, like you can't have a I do. So I, I'm thinking very specifically when I talk about uh, quitters and people who straight refuse to quit. I have two very specific examples in my mind. And the guy that refused to quit in my mind at the time, I was like, this dude's fucking dangerous, man. Like, yep. like not, not technically proficient at the things we need to be technically proficient at. But that motherfucker would show up every day and gave it literally a hundred like he gave more effort than he had you know especially in the pool like this dude was given 110 percent because he was getting drug out of the fucking bottom of the pool because he ran out of his hundred <laughs> percent you know what i mean yeah um, but he did everything that way and then you, we all know the dude that quit or like slime by or whatever the fuck it was and if i want to normalize something i would rather normalize the dude that's getting drug up from the bottom of the pool. Well, it's funny, man, because I know um, we've we've left, we, we've come back to something we know more than the Olympics <laughs> in this discussion. But um, I look at guys, I, I talk with people all the time, man. There's a lot of laziness that migrates into soft. Like once guys get the oh, for sure, they get get where guys, they're going, and they're like, "Yep, feed her up." Yep, the trident, the long tab, the fucking whatever it is, you know, like. Guys get, yeah, the golden chicken. The guys get there and they are like, hey, I've made it. It's easy street. Now I just got to focus on not getting kicked out of here, you know? And I always, my instructors, like (laughs) I did, I did too much. I was always out there looking for something to do. I did things that I wasn't told to do. And usually they were wrong. I am (laughs) well aware of this trait that you possess. And uh, the funny part is like, I had obviously leadership is split on that, right? Because there's guys that just want to mitigate other people's like mistakes so that they don't reflect on them. And there's other guys that actually care about getting the job done. And my leadership, I was lucky enough that they were like, Hey, that motherfucker works. I would much rather have 10 dudes like him than 10 dudes that sit around and do nothing that I have to tell to do everything. That find the no. Yep. It's like, Hey man, you got to ask your guy, Hey, can you do this thing? No. 
Yep, exactly. That's not my job. Nice. Hey, Fuck can it. you do this thing? Like, well, technically no, but yes. <laughs> I don't. Which is the right and, answer. Which is what we're trying to foster. And I think it's why it rubs us so wrong to see people on a world stage quitting is because we expect so much from people at that level. And then watching people tap out, it's like, okay, I could bring myself to understand a severe mental like you, you need to stop. But what I hate is that because it's on the world stage, we now get everybody in the peanut gallery talking about how it's healthy and we should normalize this and everybody should feel the freedom to quit and, you know, use their previous trauma to dictate their future path. And I'm like, man, if I quit because of the dumb shit that I did in the past, I'd never get anything done ever. No, never. Well, saying something is healthy has become the new – it's like calling somebody a uh, a racist or a pedophile. Like once you've branded – oh, no, that's healthy. It's like, fuck, man. I can't say anything against that because it's healthy, right? It's like once you're like, that dude fucks kids. It's like, whoa, hang on. What? And that dude's yeah. never going to live that shit down, right? <laughs> We were, we were discussing new flavors of uh, Teddy Bear Night Night, and uh, Bill asked me what I thought would be a good flavor. And first of all, casein protein is chalky, and it has a weird flavor. Also, pecan praline ice cream is chalky and has a weird aftertaste. So I figured we could hide the casein protein flavor behind a Just praline. Ball up a shit sandwich yeah. and serve it. No, I mean, I love praline stuff, right? But it's hilarious. We start voting on flavors, and pralines are all the way at the bottom. And in our group chat, in our group chat, Brent asks, hey, who the fuck likes pecan pralines anyway? And someone in our company goes, pedophiles. And I was like, God damn it. (laughs) I was like, you can't come back from that, dude. I I, I have nothing I can say. I can't defend my my love of pecan praline ice cream now because apparently it means I touch kids. (laughs) That soundbite's going to get taken way out of context. But that's what (laughs) mental health has become, right? Like the self-love, fucking self-care, whatever that movement is called where you sit around and don't do anything all day and say it's good for you. There's real trauma, man. There's real trauma and there's real shit that guys fucking compartmentalize and push away and they refuse to deal with it. But saying that you're an advocate for mental health and then using it as an excuse to basically continue being an asshole to other people or to continue avoiding responsibility for your own low performance, like fuck that shit. And like we don't have to like 99.9% of the people that hear the message uh, that quitting is okay are never going to the Olympics. And the things they're, that they're never going to do anything even remarkably noteworthy. Well, remarkably, you're right. Remotely noteworthy. <laughs> but the problem isn't about that. The problem is that they have basic responsibilities that they can't fucking quit. Like, I don't give a fuck who you are, but like, you can't say because I'm stressed out, because my home life's so fucking hard, because like my fucking pussy hurts. Sorry, no, I'm not supposed to say it like that. I, I'm pejoratively referencing a woman's anatomy now. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Either way, because of all these things, you I'm should say my back pussy because that's universal. <laughs> Everybody's got one of those. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm because I have X, Y, and Z going on in my life. It's an excuse for not doing the right thing by people who depend on me or people that I've committed to that expect me to do something. And like, that's why we have fucking deadbeat dads, why we have deadbeat moms, why we have, you know, no, 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 no. Hang on. 
I'm not a deadbeat dad. I'm just, I care about myself so much. I ain't got time for these fucking kids. Yeah, man. These kids are really dragging me down. I need to focus on self-care. Fuck you. You jizzed inside that chick. A baby was fucking formed and fucking came out. Now, for the next 18 years, you don't get to say my mental health means that I got to take time away from my kids. You got to be like, hey, man, kids need it more. Let's figure this thing out. Like, yeah. People are like, but I feel exhausted. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, man. You signed up for that shit. It sucks. Also... You can For fucking real. take a breather at 13 <laughs> when and right about the time that they start being real assholes, you don't have to worry about the little stuff anymore. No, I do feel bad for uh, parents without the like without real options for a break. Like I've oh, sing- single parenting must be the most awful thing on the well, planet. single parenting when you're poor, <laughs> you mean without <laughs> a nanny. Like, if you can't take your kid to a daycare or, you know what I mean, just to be like, fuck, man, I am, like, tapping out right now. Uh, I'm not saying that being the deadbeat dad thing is is okay. I'm just saying that shit is fucking impressive to me now that I'm, like, middle class a with, with a wife and we both have work from home jobs. Fuck, man, I can't imagine. Anyway. Um, it's a lot of work, man. There's no lie in that. But again, you're not tapping out. We joke about it. No, we're like, you know, like, well, and even if you're tapping out, like I, I try to get ahead of that stuff because I view it if if you go into the hole, it's way harder to climb out than just not getting in the hole mentally, right? So, but I tell my like, dude, my wife would be like, dude, I'm fucking done right now, and I'm like, leave, <laughs> fucking go, get out of here. Like, go do well, – what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. Fuck, leave. Go do whatever you want to do. See you tomorrow or see you tonight. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. Point being, you come back to it, right? And she doesn't do that shit like the kids in the bath. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the kids in the bath and she just walks out the front door like, I'm fucking done right now. Like, that's not the time or the place, right? Same thing. You, know, you don't – backing Backing the minivan into a lake – and then getting out and walking away. Ah, it's too much <laughs> shit for me to handle. <laughs> um, I wish yeah, I man. Any, man. <laughs> I mean, they're. I've heard they're great. I don't know. I think I'm going to buy a, a full-size van next year. A 15-pack or a Sprinter? Uh, I think a uh, like more Sprinter type, like the Ford Transit all-wheel drive. Yep. So I can... But that are pain in the ass to find. I want an all-wheel drive passenger van so I can put – it's got the back seat. Um, but I, then you can lock all your shit up, man. Like you're not trying to grab a bite to eat and your <coughs> bike or your mountain bike's in the back. You know what I mean? Like kid can sleep in the back, blah, blah, blah. Crazy amount of room. Yeah, it's absurd. We're, we would go down a rabbit hole if we talked about that shit. Yeah, I, I, I guess to bring it full circle – like I hadn't really talked about the subject. We were starting to talk about it before the podcast. And I was like, man, let's like, just like get it out there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, hopefully it's clickbait. Like the clickbait title is going to be Doug shits on women and Olympians. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's really just about well, the, the quit culture. Well, and the topic of conversation quickly migrated away. Like I, we evolved this where I'm like, man, I think there's probably a myriad of reasons that justify Simone Biles quitting. And what really rubs me the wrong way isn't her quitting. It's the reception to her quitting by every person in the world who's like, good for her. And I'm like, you can't apply the stresses that 
that are on her to yourself. You can't say this is a, a milestone for mental health for you. This right. is a milestone for mental health. Shit, day in and day yeah. out. Yeah, you 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 uh you've excelled at one thing, you know, wasting other people's oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and that's what who you is know? stoked about this is people that have like quitting is not new to them, right? Like you didn't need this to be normalized. You've been quitting shit your whole fucking life. So why are you celebrating this? Well, we're celebrating it because we're happy that someone who we look up to did the same thing we did. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, they probably true. didn't know who she was before uh, she quit. To be fine. Like, yeah, an Olympian quitted the Olympics. Now <laughs> I can fair, quit my shitty job. I, I didn't know who she was before the Olympics either. I Get the fuck out of here, really? I haven't, no, I haven't been keeping up with female gymnastics at all. I only saw her for the first time um, during these Olympics. And I was just like, I mean, honestly, super impressed. It's, it's a, she's out of control. I mean, she's a fucking freaky deaky human being. Dude, all the Olympians are like, if you look at their, not like this, not like her, it's insane. Like, dude, just, I hear literally, like, I, I, I was more watching mean when her. you look at the, like, look at the build of all Olympians and it's, you're, you're really talking about, let's say she, okay. So she's the top 1% of the 1% of the 1% or however yep. many times that goes over. Uh, they're all built the same, man. Like she, you know, has obviously, and, and I guess my point is one of the reasons that they're getting there is they're literally like hand selected for the genetics, the ability, the hard work, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's a long selection process. I mean, from the time they're kids, well, it's continual, I mean, it's, right? It's, it's very, it, it, it reminds me in a lot of ways of the F1 racing yes. track. Yeah. Where, you know, there's like only 20 drivers in the world. And then there's like thousands of kids competing in open car, open wheel and like cart. And then they're they're moving up. And well, I think gymnastics is even worse because and somebody's going to email us and say, you guys are fucking morons because <laughs> the money is still. Well, there's a million reasons we're morons. But uh, in F1, like you've got to have serious fuck you money to become an f1 driver it's a little weird because i don't know brian would know a lot better because this is like his fucking thing but like yeah. you know like i don't feel like i i feel like the drivers are high-bred horses that from a young age they have like benefactors that keep them in cars because like their families don't appear to be like fuck uh, you wealthy Dig a little I deeper, mean, man. Is it? Yeah. Or is it and their money that puts them there? Yeah, and, and it may be like you're you've got to have money coming from somewhere, right? Um because when I see them when they're when they have like 10 different Richard Meal watches and they're driving around in like Bentleys or whatever, like right. I'm like, those are sponsorships because they're F1 drivers. They're just right. giving that stuff for free. It's not like they have two million dollars of the watches on their wrist but if you look at the pipeline or like the b teams or f f2 uh yep. there's money there from an early age um and that, the fact that you could not be an f1 driver but then be an f1 driver if you've been brought up by a team that your dad owns probably i mean I've that doesn't that. exist I, in gymnastics so i'll put it that yeah way. That's and I guess that's my point is like you can't 
you can't buy more horsepower or a better tire in gymnastics, right? Like you're not getting a better foot or calf. Well, and interestingly, it appears as though the grooming process for gymnastics doesn't lead to multi-generational gymnasts. Man, it's, yeah, I don't know. I would have to, I look, mean, but I wouldn't, I would almost think it's the opposite. Yep. Or it's maybe skips like, a generation, right? Like if parents you went, are like, I don't want my kids to do what I did. Yeah, man. Like if, if I think about having a kid, I, I've said this to other, uh, other parents, like friends of mine, they're like, my son wants to do what you do. And I'm like, the fuck he does. Um, or do, do what you did. Right. And I'm like, first off, if he wants to go in that career field, don't join the Marine Corps. (laughs) There are way better (laughs) options. Second off, if he thinks it's going to be like a fun four years, he should join the air force and do something that's going to give him a life skill. Right. Point being, you know, I, I'm guessing if you went through it, you're probably not going to push your kids towards it, right? Or you, I feel if like, anything, you'll probably push your kids away from it. I Whereas, feel like there's a lot of multi-generational soft, though. There is, but I'm saying if – so if, if my kids and I have one kid that's a girl and if I have another one that's a boy and either want to go into soft because we could go down that rabbit hole too, I would push them away from it. Like, I am No, you should not do I, this. I recognize I am raising a savage little sociopath who I love, and it is my highest hope that she becomes a Green Beret and shames the shit out of a bunch of fat, lazy fucking green hats. Uh, yeah. Well, my point is when I'm a if I if I'm ever a grandfather and little Timmy is like, Grandpa, I want to be a raider, I'd probably be like, Yeah, that's the shit. Like I could see it skipping a generation, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I'll be, you know, however many years removed, and I'm like, those are the best years of my life. And I won't remember why being a Marine sucks. I'll just remember all the good shit. Um, so I can see gymnasts being the same way in that, like, if you're a gymnast, you probably don't like your kids doing the same shit, but you know it. So, like, maybe your kid does it a little bit and then becomes a coach because you didn't push them quite the way you were pushed. You know, my guess is it probably skips a generation. But I could be wrong. Maybe. Somebody's going to Google that shit. Brian is going to Google it and tell us we're both fucking morons. I'm, which I'm actually true. genuinely curious because who knows? Um, Not I. But I do know that um, <laughs> at the level that we're at, we don't expect people. At the, level that, at the level we're at, which I think is probably below the Olympic level. Way below. Like, yeah, like I look at my peers and I have – nothing but disgust for dudes that quit things i'm just like yo man you committed to doing this when you raised your hand and said to do it you need to finish it when i look at someone on the world stage and i'm like bro you are literally 30 minutes of work away from being done yeah a lot of sitting a lot of waiting but 30 minutes of work that's all you got to do what's wrong with you suck it up i just don't and I then quit it. And then, and then say, I'm and never doing quit. gymnastics yeah, yeah, again. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm never Do doing it. gymnastics again. And even if it again. was your worst run ever, you're done with it after that. Cool, man. Fucking good on you. You're an Olympian. That's crazy shit. But even, even if you're, I mean, I actually don't know how the scoring thing works out. I don't know if her quitting, if there's people that get an extra run or there's an alternate or if the gap score takes away from their average. I never really figured that out. So I don't know what it did to the team as a whole. I mean, 
maybe she thought she was doing them a favor. Maybe the scoring is something that I don't understand. But I mean, I'll tell you what, this is set up the We're stage. We're going to get haters for this shit. And people are like, oh, you yeah. don't know, you've never been there. And I'm thinking, man, I've, I've physically put my body through shit to not quit. That is permanent life-changing damage. So yep. never been to the Olympics, but a lot of people in our, previous career fields have done shit where it was like man if i go on this deployment right after breaking my leg it's probably gonna fuck my body up for life but yep. said i was going guess i'm going so, always need me <laughs> yeah, yeah even though they did but they don't they don't uh, you think they do but it's the it's the premise right because that mentality carries you through so much other shit i i hope she is at peace with this decision in 10 years, but I don't think she will be. I think you're going to, you're correct. She's going to look back 10 years from now and be like, man, I fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it's also weird. I think that the point that resonates the most with me in this, well, a, the, what are the long-term effects of like sexual abuse? Right. Which is to say, I think there's it's a, a whole, whole, well, this probably feeds there's into a whole, the issue. There's a whole myriad of psychological things that are triggering there that like, who knows, or like, so it's like not even fair for us to comment on that. But then we also have to look at the fact that like, she's such an outlier physically that she's the only one who knows how her body should function. No one else has the same reserves or functionality that she has. I mean, it's literally like watching a human with coiled up spring legs. It's insane. Yeah, like, I do think that there is a bit of an explanation owed in the sense of like, hey, I quit because I was going to go out on that mat and have a mental breakdown and wasn't going to be able to do a run anyway. It's like, fuck, all right. It's really hard to talk shit on that. Yep. Not e we're not even really talking shit on her or her decision. We're more talking shit on the lame the that are thinking it's cool to quit now yep. uh, and curious as to her reasoning because she's a fucking Olympian and the rest of us aren't. Um, I mean, and not just an Olympian. I mean, yeah, I, don't I think, know, man. I do think come, an explanation is owed because when you're, she's in the public eye anyway, right? You're putting yep. yourself out there. There is a expectation of performance. We've essentially paid for performance as the American public, right? Yep. She's been selected for this. It's like, dude, if you didn't perform and there's a real reason, like, what is it? Yep. Well, and I mean, again, I, <laughs> I personally think that if there's to be a narrative about quitting here and it is a result of like sexual abuse and like, you know, physical, psychological trauma due to like overtraining and pushing herself too hard with too many expectations, that's actually a good conversation to have. But it's a conversation that should be had as opposed to just being like, it's okay for her to quit because we don't know. And you're like, hey, man, like those traumas are things that everybody goes through in some capacity. Like it's shocking the overwhelming amount of sexual trauma that women go through in their lives. It's like, OK, talk about it. Let's like well, use there's this also as an example. There could be a physical. She might have been like, dude, if I did one more vault, my right ankle was going to snap. Well, I mean, it's like, fuck, maybe, maybe it was like, you don't know. The, the converse to that is like booby miles, right? Where like. Yeah, we like to talk shit on his coaches for forcing him to keep playing on what was clearly an injury. And it's like, I mean, we don't know. We weren't there. We didn't. We weren't the athletic trainers. We don't have the background. No, Again, but it's fair like to he, ask those questions, man. Like, yep. I hate the, uh, you can't judge this. Like, bitch, you judge shit every day. You see somebody make a decision and then you judge whether that was a good decision or not. 
so that you can replicate a good decision or not replicate a bad decision. That happens every fucking day. I'm here to judge. I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch who has no accountability for her diet. <laughs> we should make that t-shirt. <laughs> That'll be right after I'm just the saying. selection is free t-shirt. Man, I Scout was getting on to me the other day about how... So I got recognized when we went to the brewery locally here. I was like walking to throw some trash away and some guy's like, oh, damn, it's Doug the Elephant Slayer. I come back to the table and Scout's like, what did that guy say to you? I was like, oh, he recognized me from the Internet. She goes, nobody recognizes me from the Internet. I've been in a commercial. And I'm like, yeah, well, it was a while ago. You're growing so much like, you know, people just don't realize who you are. She's like, well, put me in another commercial. And I'm like, "Uh, well, OK, what do you? What are, what are you going to do? And she starts to like elaborate on the whole thing and like, all right, so we're going to do a commercial like this. And I was just like, man, we're going to have to wait on this one. <laughs> Keep her out of it. Keep her out of the yeah. limelight. Then she'll owe us explanations why she's not in the next commercial. Yeah, I know, right? Like, uh, hey, make another commercial with me so people recognize me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the last thing I want for my 10-year-old. Yeah, you don't want to thrust her into that. Yeah, well. I mean, she'll thrust herself into it for too long. Welcome to both of my kids. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap this thing up before we start talking about kids because nobody wants to hear that shit. Oh, no doubt. Well, it's. Uh, I will say this. You won't catch me quitting parenting on national television. <laughs> Might not be as important as the vault at the Tokyo Olympics. But uh, if I do quit something, which... You uh, could, you might see me doing. You'll get an explanation. Is that you telling me you're going to quit it softly, dude? Only an idiot would quit this job. Are you kidding me? It's the best job I've ever had in my entire life. Second best. No, best. I like it. I actually like this more than being an SF guy. Man, really? Dude, it's a it's a good team of guys. Like uh, the group of the core group of guys is awesome. We're all doing what we want to do. And uh, even if we don't always, like, agree, we sync well. It's rad. I will say we have created a culture within the company that it is not okay to fail, but it is acceptable. I mean, it's going to happen, right? Like, it's not like... Well, I think that that might be the right answer to this uh, talk as well is like, man... You know what? It's it's not okay that she quit, but I can accept it. Let's figure out why, right? Like that yeah. to me is more acceptable than like fuck yeah, she quit. Yay. Yeah. I don't and I'm I'm sure that all the people who are plotting will be like that's not what we meant. And you're like, "Okay, cool. Well, that's sure what it sounded like. Go be fat somewhere else." Yeah, fuck a bunch of goddamn like soy boy fucks. You know like <laughs> Listen, I understand that vegetarianism is acceptable, but I also think that it, it okay. is is dramatically lowering the average testosterone count of men who should be more competitive with themselves and with others. True that. All right, let's end this thing. We're right at an hour, and I think it's decent. Yeah, uh, we'll only get a little bit of hate mail. Yeah. I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs> All right.